This is episode 114 of Parenting with the Focused Mindset. Today, you get to listen into a conversation that I had with parent coach Danielle Bettman. Parents are also the most sleep deprived. They don't go into this with a manual. They have no village. There's a lot going on, especially if they have a couple kids like I did, one right after the other. <laughs> you're drowning and you don't know what you're doing. And, and that's the most important time in your kid's life. So, you know, no pressure. Danielle is going to give us insight on how to really effectively raise our kids through those toddler years, through those preschool years, the terrible twos, or as I like to put it, the terrible threes. And she gives us insight not only from her point of view, but also as a parent coach. She also has a podcast, Failing Motherhood. And what an appropriate title, because sometimes as parents, we feel like we're failing. But in reality, we can fail forward when we get information like what you're going to hear today. But before we get started, don't forget to check the show notes. I leave all my social media down there as well as any helpful links that you might need. My website is thefocusedmindset.com. I have solution-focused material for you. And at the end of this program, I'll give you some more information. But for now, let's get started. Welcome to Parenting with the Focused Mindset. I'm your host, Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a family mindset coach. I know that raising kids is quite the journey and doesn't always turn out as we planned. Here, we talk about the solution-focused approach. We learn how to celebrate when things are going well and how to deal with the many challenges that families face. Don't forget to hit subscribe, download, follow so you don't miss any of the family-oriented, solution-focused content that I put out for you right here each and every week. Listening to this podcast will help you be the best version of yourself in your home, and with the people you love. We have Danielle Bettman here, and she is the founder of ParentingWholeheartedly.com and also the host of Failing Motherhood podcast. I follow you on Instagram, and I know that you are always throwing out the parenting tips, and I'm always like, yes, go, this is good stuff. <laughs> so I had to get you on the podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. My name's Danielle, and I have two daughters myself. They are seven and eight right now. I've been married to my high school sweetheart for 11 years, and we live in Nebraska, I have uh, had my company for three years now where I work one-on-one with families virtually that have a kid between the ages of one and seven that is tough or has some big emotions and what they're doing isn't working. So we work on extending their patience and getting on the same page and just managing those tantrums and having cultivating a lot more cooperation. So I do that all online using, you know, a portal and a workbook and all the good stuff and just get them to a much more confident, clear place together. So that's what I'm lucky enough to do day in and day out. My background is teaching. I have a teaching degree from birth through third grade, as well as working in homes, doing home visiting uh, through Save the Children. And so taking all of that and then my own experience of being a parent myself, uh, now I'm, I'm working with families and I absolutely love it. 
You know, it's so important that we focus on those early years, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But sometimes we think, oh, they're resilient. They're fine. But you're, you're capturing those important years when they are developing habits and they're developing their self-worth and so much. Tell me some of the reasons that you chose that particular time frame of their life. Oh my gosh. Yes. So many reasons (laughs) because when I learned that like the first seven years really set the trajectory for, it's almost like they're downloading their software, right? That they're going to like run on autopilot the rest of their life. So it's, it is their self-talk, their self-image, their understanding of who they are in the world and how they get help and, and what skills they have to be able to communicate well. And in 90% of all their neuron connections are wired by the time they turn six. So it is a big deal. It's ve- There's a lot going on. It's very rapid growth. And yeah, they're resilient and adaptable, but you know, there is a window of, of when this development is happening at this quick rate, and we want to be able to get it right the first time. And, you know, it's always going to be moldable, but these years are really within the parent-child relationship, we have the most influence. And when it's, you know, when that attachment is formed well, and when kids are trusting the world, then it really just lays their foundation for the rest of their life in a super healthy way. So parents are also the most sleep deprived. They don't go into this with a manual. They have no village. There's a lot going on, especially if they have a couple kids like I did, one right after the other. <laughs> you're drowning and you don't know what you're doing. And and that's the most important time in your kid's life. So, you know, no pressure to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no pressure at all. But it's, it is so true because usually when I do my coaching, I tell them that um, the first seven years is training but from seven on they're practicing. And when they really put that in their mind, you have to really wrap your mind around that. And they think, well, how can Mm -hmm. that be? I still have so much to teach them, but you have to know about how the developmental mind works. And that's what we've learned already through research. What you're doing is just, I mean, it's just important work because people don't know how to make the most of those first few years. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they're like, I know it's important. And then the panic sets in. I'm going to screw this up. You know, too many of us listen to that voice that says, oh, you got it. You know, you got this. But yeah, we got it. But part of getting it is knowing to reach out and get the help that we need. Yes, I am all for breaking the stigma for asking for help and thinking that parenting comes naturally. I 100% in every episode of my podcast reiterate that you are the parent your kids need. You know them better than anyone else and you are always going to advocate for them. And a big part of that is knowing when to reach out and find the resources that you need to support you because you do, you cannot do this alone. Sometimes we feel overwhelmed. We all do. Mm-hmm. I mean, bottom line, forget it. Like parenting, you're going to feel overwhelmed. Let's just get frank. Yes. It's going to happen. Yep. But at the end of the day, you were the one that was, that has the privilege, right. Of being able to raise this child. And then right away, you need to be like, no, I'm the expert of the situation. I just need to fine tune my skills. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, what have you found in your time working with parents where they, where you've just found people that have been able to really open up a child and it makes such a big difference. Can you think of an example? Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, A lot of what I do, I feel like I'm a translator where I help parents figure out what's going on in their child's brain, how they're perceiving something, and then how to be able to shift the way that they're communicating with them to get help them be more teachable, get through to them, meet them where they're at, mm-hmm. and then be able to pull them along. Because if you stay over 
you know, on this cliff and they're on the other cliff and you're saying, come over here, it's not going to work. You have to like bring them along and, you know, guide them in the process. And that connection is huge. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of families that a lot of what I do is help them just understand the world through their child's eyes. And I do that through analogies of having them really relate to what it would be like in their shoes. And so one of the analogies I used with a client the other day was, you know, if they had a really hard day at work, they're not loving their boss, they are, uh, you know, having problems with their coworkers, it's, it's boring, they're away from their people, they're like, you know, doing this mundane work that's awful, and then they come home and they tell their, their partner that they had a, their annual review and the boss is giving them all these critiques, how does the partner respond? You know, do they tell you, well, how, you know, you can't lose this job. How dare you? No target for you. You know, you can't watch your favorite show until you go back to work and finish. You know, like, is that the best, most effective way to encourage you to do these hard things? It makes no, no. logical sense when you say it, it like no that. Sense. No. <laughs> But this is what we logically think in our head will work, right? We think, yes. you know what? I think I'm going to punish this out of them. That's what I'm going to do. Yes, because they surely don't get it, you know, that they can't act this way at school or they're having these yes. issues. We need to make sure they learn their lesson. Yeah. And what's really happening is, you know, the six-year-old, seven-year-old uh, in this family is having a really hard time at school and right. they're dealing with social issues and their teacher adamantly has something out against them. This is established, you know, so the analogy that I'm talking about. Right. And so what's really, what they really need is to be reminded that their parents think the world of them. They get to go home and feel some quality time and fun and relax, and then be able to go rejuvenated and ready into and, and equipped and encouraged into this school situation to be able to handle right. it differently next time rather than it just being a carbon copy of what happened at school happens at home. And then that reaffirms what the child is feeling, which is probably inadequacy. I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. I don't belong. Right. And then those those needs, you know, flourish and bloom. And then that just takes over their whole perception. And then they start to get really discouraged. That rolls into, you know, kind of giving up or creating the self-fulfilling prophecy of I'll just get good at being bad. Right. And this whole thing is is happening where the parents are just saying, well, they just need to, you know, shape up mm -hmm. at school. And, and so it when doesn't help that that's the message they get too, because when, when they get mm -hmm. a call from school, um, I know from being on the other side and listening to say an administrator or even some teachers is you, they feel like, oh my gosh, I've got to do something about this and I got to yes. do something fast. And the first thing they come to is, and then also there's a sense of embarrassment and frustration, oh, 100%. you know, and all of that, that they feel if a child just made a, they made a mistake, that feeling can allow them to like, then push that stress, like directly onto the child. And what you're doing is you're flipping it mm -hmm. and you're saying, wait a minute, how can I empower this child? I, I'm conceptualizing, you know, your coaching on the other yeah. side of a parent that's like, ah, you know, is you're saying, how can I empower this child to mm -hmm. go in and conquer this? Yeah. You know, they need, they need to be able to feel like they can do it. Not that they're just being slammed at every angle. Right. So, so taking away video games is not going to address the real issue. If the real issue is a lack of 
social skills or, you know, the self-esteem to stand up for themselves against this bully or, you know, the ability to manage their workload at school and have time management skills or or need more challenging work, right? Those are the real issues of what's going on. And that's Mm -hmm. not going to be solved by taking away their video games. That's only going to create resentment in your parent-child relationship because now it's like your partner saying no target for you. Like right. now you're just mad at your partner for no reason, <laughs> you know? Like, and you know what though? That can be the same way with the cell phone. Oh, I'm because sure. Kids depend on their cell phone now, not for their music. They want to mm-hmm. listen and just unwind or they just want to watch one of their silly little videos. Like, don't we do the same thing? When oh, we every day. Right. And it's sometimes we're like, can we limit it? Can we put some boundaries around it? Yeah. But can we understand that you're taking their stress and elevating it if you're not careful in the name of punishment. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's really just getting in their shoes and then being able to understand what the real problem is and address right. the real problem. And then we can much more effectively make next time go better because of course we want to back up school. We want of to course. you know communicate and make sure that we're reiterating the same things. And and I heard that exact words from my clients. School expects us to follow through with consequences at home. And so I just really challenged them to think through, okay, what feels right and what really is going to solve the problem for next time? What's going to make next time go differently? Because what you've tried in the past, it hasn't changed it. It's still a problem. And just trying to look at it from that different angle can mean the world. I absolutely love that angle. I think that it's so important for the parents listening to hear and really grasp. And then the very next time, because we always will be the next time we're in a situation that we're faced with, how am I going to approach my kid just made a mistake? How am I going to approach it? Mm -hmm. Um, I love just mentally saying, okay, let me put myself in their shoes. Let me, let me think about what the real problems actually are here. Not all mm-hmm. of this embarrassment I feel or anger or frustration yes. or how much you wish you could just make them stop, you know, yep. and then <laughs> what would be, and then the next step is setting a plan, right? Is yep. being able to, is that kind of where your family mission statement and, oh, what did you say that I love so much? It's like a business plan. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Talk to me about that. That is too cool. Yes. Yeah. So what I started doing for my business was write a business plan for my business. Right. And so you go through all these prompts of like, you know, what is, what's your end goals? How are you going to get there? What are you going to do, you know, marketing wise and who are you as a brand and, you know, all these things and what's your mission statement. And so I did this and then I realized, you know, every family is its own organization and parenting is, the most important leadership, you know, the leadership of, of people. And I was, I was kind of challenged to think, okay, what if we viewed our families with more of a work lens where we understand what works in a business setting and how a boss can motivate their employees and create, you know, retention and healthy cultures and, you know, team leadership with communication and all these things. But what if we took that home? So especially men, they compartmentalize their brain. So at work, they're a great leader and they're doing all these things that make sense to motivate the people underneath them and they just don't take any of that home. So I try to look through that lens of what if you write a business plan for your family and we kind of walk through the same type of prompts. And so I ask them what their end goals are. What is what is going to have mattered? Where do you want your kids to be? Who do you want them to be? What do you want to be true of their life? And let's identify that and put it on paper for the first time. Right. Then let's walk back the trajectory 
to get there so you know that you're doing and being the things that matter most. Mm -hmm. And part of that is identifying what a healthy culture looks like in your home and bringing your kids into that conversation. Part of that is having core values and making sure that you are actually modeling those and they're integrated into your day-to-day life. And then part of that is a mission statement that really sums up who you are and what you're trying to do within your four walls and making that apply to everyone, not just the kids in the home, but the parents too. You know, like you have to aspire for these values and have this kind of code of ethics for your behavior. And we all, you know, inspire and remind and hold each other accountable to these type of ideals. And you want to create a healthy boss mentality of leadership within your home where you are a person that you would want to work under. And, you know, a lot of that we don't model well within our home, even though we do that better at work. And so it's just kind of bringing that business lens into some of those conversations about, you know, that identity and that culture. And I just love the language around that because so many times our mind needs something to attach to that would make sense, you know, because when we're trying to kind of uh, say, yes, I do want to be my best self. And yes, I do want to make changes in my parenting. And yes, I do want us all to be on the same page. Mm -hmm. And, you know, any parents can wrap their mind around a business plan. Like, of course you would make a business plan if you started a business or started a project or, you know, whatever at the beginning of the year for teachers and educators, we have goals in mind at the end of the year and standards that we hope that Mm -hmm. they can reach. And then we work, like, how can we map that out to reach those standards, right? As teachers. And it's really bringing that into the home. Uh, to say, you know what, you, you know, the end goal that you really hope for, let's clarify that. And then backwards, basically uh, plan it from that point of view. I like that. I mean, it's begin Mm -hmm. with the end in mind. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes the path to get there, isn't the path that they thought it was right. They're like, wait a minute, I'm on a huge detour, right? Yes. (laughs) We need to get the train back on the tracks. Yeah. Like, why am I way over here when I should be way over there? What's going on? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But you just don't have those conversations without that kind of like guidance. Three days go by and you're like, you know, a hundred miles in the wrong direction if you're not careful. Oh yeah. Yeah. I always say like, it's defined by design or by default. And as humans, we take the path of least resistance which inevitably leads to, you know, a default that was not the intended result. (laughs) I know, but, you know, let's go back to what you had said, where it's like, you know, you work with one uh, to seven and Mm -hmm. inevitably you're going to have the person that has a nine or 10 year old. And they're like, well, geez, I've already blown it. I've blown it now, you know, (laughs) but really, I mean, I think you're honing in on that age because you know that that's the place that you can make a big difference. But uh, you also touched on the fact that, you know what, it's never too late to say, Mm -hmm. I am going to adjust my skills and and your kids will just only benefit from that. Oh, it's never too late. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We really do set the, the template and the vibe of our home and, you know, it all trickles down from us, which is a lot of pressure. It's very convicting. But that's a good sign because they're a sponge. They're going to sponge to the negative bad habits that we're exhibiting. But then in the same respect, they will pick up on and emulate 
any new habits and good traits that we're exhibiting at the same time. And that yes. change can be just as rapid. So mm -hmm. it's very hopeful and encouraging to know that there are so many things that you can control as a parent. And when you spend your energy wisely on those things of, you know, really trying to understand your triggers and have more composure and work things out with your partner. So you have code words for tagging out and you, you know, have this established plan of how you're handling things together. And, you know, you have more of this framework where you're having family meetings and you're just trying to lead by example, that transparency, that honesty, that authenticity that you're showing your kids of, hey, I don't have it all figured out. I am not the expert on this and I am trying and this is my plan to work on it. You know, I have hired a parenting coach or whatever it is like that means the world to your kids that they will never forget that example that you're showing them as messy as it is that like no better model of leadership than really being able to say, I don't have it all together, but I'm willing to learn right alongside you. Yeah. I mean, isn't that where we get so mixed up where we think that respect is being a perfect parent and never showing our faults and yeah. never, never letting down and they need to see this. But what, what actually is happening is when we show our vulnerability, that is real respect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you and, think about it, you know, from someone you've worked with, usually the boss that you couldn't care what they thought is a boss that, you know, pretended that their poop didn't stink and, you know, had no ability to relate to you on a human level and micromanaged you and, you know, did all these things where you basically thought it was hypocritical. Yeah. And so why would we walk down that same path through our parenting when instead we can really be honest and humble and say, please teach me, you know, you have things to teach me and I have things to teach you, but let's, let's just try to be kinder together. Mm -hmm. I'm going to yell less. You're going to listen more. Let's do this together. You know, like having yeah. that collaboration is huge. Yeah. And it almost sounds like, you know, oh, it's a, it's a pie in the sky. Could we ever actually reach that? But <laughs> it, it does take humility, but it's also something to really acknowledge right now that that's hard, you oh, know, especially hard. if that's yes. never been modeled for us, you know, and that's exactly, that's not the way we were raised. And then yep. I know some people that have their, you know, mother-in-law or their mother in their ear being like, Ray, 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 you need to do this differently. And mm -hmm. it's, it's a little, it is hard. I, I want to acknowledge right now that people are like, you know what? I don't know if I can really do that. I don't know if I can be that vulnerable in front of my kid. Um, yep. But I guess what you and I are saying is give it a shot. Just yeah. know that the, on the other side is real respect, right? Yes. Yes. Because it, it, if you would put yourself in your kid's shoes, you know, you, you see it a little bit differently and it gives you that, that peace of mind to know it's not, you're not going to lose credibility. You're only going to gain it. Exactly. And, and I think we, we are scared because we feel like we have to master things like Yoda and then, you know, pass this level of enlightenment and now we can be parents and pass it all on. And that's just not how it works. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I didn't pass into enlightenment when I became a parent. It was much more of a uh, window into all the things I didn't know about myself, a temper I didn't know I had, and yeah. all these things I needed to work on that I had no idea that were in the fine print of signing yeah. up to be a parent. And so if you're feeling that way, you are absolutely not alone. It is why my podcast is called Failing Motherhood, because even experts 
feel that way on a nearly daily basis. So that does not disqualify you from any type of self-development or growth. It really just like levels the playing field to say we're all in this together. Any progress as we're celebrating, any wins that you focus on are going to continue to multiply. And it is a mindset thing, just as much as if you were starting a business and you realize how much your own ideas of what success and money management and things affect how you're showing up on a daily basis, it's same with parenting. And yeah. you know, it may not be something that you've delved into before, but it's definitely worth trying to so that you feel a little bit more like you are not drowning and you have some things that you're working on that are paying off, that you are seeing the results of, and it's trickling down to your kids. Right. And then celebrate the wins because when Mm -hmm. they come, you're like, this is when even the smallest things, you know, today, Mm -hmm. today, you didn't talk back when you wanted to, to the teacher, you know, today you came home and the smallest little thing, not like, oh, okay, well, good thing you didn't screw up today. (laughs) You know, yes. But I have to tell you that, you know, I'm on the other side where I have my, my lovely eighth grader, who is the one texting me right now, thankfully (laughs) telling me that she's getting her work in that she missed while she was uh, absent. Uh, Super important, right? It is. And, um, (laughs) and then I have my older kids that are grown and I love speaking to you right here where you're like, you know, I'm raising them right now where a lot of times I know my listeners right now will attest to it where I'll be like, guys. Let me tell you about something I really screwed up. Don't do it this way. <laughs> I wish I would have done it like this, like for real, you know? And it's like, but we're going to have that, you know, yes. it's just, yeah, we're humans. So, you know, roll with it. You are the best person for the job. You just right. have to say, you know, through the ups and downs, let's do this thing. Let's just go. Mm-hmm. For it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. The biggest regret usually that families will say is we, we wish we would have asked for help sooner. Yes. So there's always that disclaimer of if it's if it's on your heart, it's always going to be worth the investment and commitment in seeking out resources. You never will regret that decision, but mm-hmm. you will regret not taking action until it's years down the road. It's and true. It's and harder and slower progress. And when you feel that tug on your heart, just do it. I mean, it, it feels yeah. weird. Like, oh my gosh, no, maybe, maybe I got this. I got this. No, it'll get better. It'll get if, better. Right. <laughs> if you feel that tug, reach out. Right. So yeah. with that said, we have, we have two coaches here. You guys uh-huh. pretty much know how to find me. I need everyone to know how to find you. Yeah. Yeah. I am on Instagram uh, the most. So I'm at parent underscore wholeheartedly. Come say hi there. My website is parenting wholeheartedly.com. And I have a free hour masterclass that you can download and watch anytime from there. I have a free calm, big emotions guide. If you have a two to five year old that has all of the big emotions and start there. Um, and then you can find more about my group program or my one-on-one coaching. That's a four month, uh, individualized package called sanity and solutions. That's lovely. I, I know that there's people out there that are right now going, uh, yeah, my two-year-old is all over the place, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not you're alone. <laughs> spe- you're speaking to me. Yes. <laughs> and even harder when they haven't really got their full language together. So, oh, yes. um, you know, coaching from you and being able to say, let's put ourselves in their shoes, whether they're fully communicating or not, um, is going to be such a wonderful benefit to so many parents. Thank you for doing what you do. I love it. Yes. No, thank you for what you're doing and for sharing your platform. It's we need all the voices. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I know that we're going to be finding different ways to collaborate in the future. Oh, for, um, sure. for now, I want to remind everyone, check out the show notes. I will have a link so they can find you. Yeah. And I'll have to have you on my podcast as well. Yes, that'll be, that'll be so fun. So thank you so much for coming today. Of course. What a great conversation for us to remember the importance of beginning with the end in mind when we're parenting. And for those of you that are in those formative early, early years, this is the perfect time for you to remember that parenting happens by design or default. I love that Danielle said that. And remember that it's all about exactly what we talked about here, building a healthy culture in your family, understanding what your core values are, and understanding what your mission statement is for your family. I would encourage you to sit down and have a family meeting today, first with your significant other and then with your kids so you guys can be on the same page moving forward each and every step of the way. Your leadership is important. Thank you so much for those of you that have chosen to support this program. One of the best ways you can is by leaving a review. Leaving a review specifically on the Apple podcast platform helps them to understand what type of parents should we push this out to? What type of parents would benefit from solution-focused information that I put out here each week? And I give you full permission to share this episode. Do you know someone with a child and they've said, oh, they're in those terrible twos or, oh, how am I going to help them as they're going into preschool or before they go to kindergarten? Send out this episode. Do you know someone that's been struggling with the structure inside their home? They're going to appreciate when they get information they can listen to anytime. And that's the wonderful thing about podcasts. You can listen to this podcast and jump over to Failing Motherhood and just get timely and important information just for you like we have today. And as we move forward, I know that we are going to look to be our very best self. Me, I'm looking to take my daughter to a trip to go to her very first concert, one of her favorite artists, Billie Eilish. And I've talked about that in the past, how she was kind of like scoping out all of her concerts and watching them. So we purchased her a ticket to this concert. and It's going to be fun. Just her and I, we're going to head out there with the family and then her and I are going to the concert. I can't wait to tell you guys all about it. And I'm about to send out a first look at my next blog post. If you guys want in on that, you can join what I call the Focused Mindset Community. It's nothing you paid for. It's just simply that you get access to me email-wise, priority access, and that I send stuff directly to your inbox. Either something I have on my heart, maybe a link that would be helpful to you, free solution-focused resources, a first look at my writing and my articles, If you click on the link that I'm going to provide in the show notes, I will send you my Help for Hard Times package that has over 20 resources that you can tap into in a snap of a finger to help you when you're going through hard times with your children. And you can always go over to my website, thefocusedmindset.com to get more information on exactly what we're talking about here. So go out and make this day amazing. And until next time, keep in touch and take care.